So welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. This is where we explore the new game-changing understanding that can unlock new levels of performance, resourcefulness, and well-being in the workplace. Join us if you want to be part of the new breed of leaders in business. Join us if you're fed up with the conventional echo chamber. And join us if you want to be part of the new revolution in understanding how the mind works and recognize that we are more than just our psychology and that that can lead to better results. Hello and welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. And today I'm lucky enough to have uh, another guest on the show, uh, Ankush Jain. And hopefully we're going to have an interesting chat about all things quality of mind and business. So welcome, Ankush. Thank you for having me on the podcast, Piers. Well, first of all, uh, Ankush, can you tell listeners just a little bit about your, just give us a couple of minutes on your background, who you are and how come we're chatting? Yeah, so I'm uh, similar to you, I guess I'm a coach. I've been coaching for the past seven years. Uh, Before that, I had a corporate job. I used to work in procurement for many years. Um, And then I decided to have a career change seven years ago and just happened that the very first coach training I did also was uh, a training that was heavily based on quality of mind and how the mind works. And so uh, that kind of set my career off in a certain direction. And it's great, actually, because you're someone who, you know, came out of the corporate world and at the same time sort of came across coaching and this understanding that, that we, we, we call the principles behind quality of mind. So uh, a lot of my other guests on the show, I've had to sort of, uh, you know, they've had maybe 10, 15 years coaching a different way, um, whereas you sort of coincided with that. Uh, and also, maybe because you're, you're more tech savvy than some of us dinosaurs, you, you, you've been doing your own podcast show, uh, one on relationships uh, and one on business as well. Uh, so another great reason to have you uh, talking to you today is just to share some of your experience of those people that you've interviewed um, about this understanding in business uh, and tell us a little bit about what you've been uh, spotting and hearing insightfully about what they've been seeing about their work. So it'd be great to start actually um, with, given that you work with business people as part of your coaching practice and you've had the chance to interview some of these people uh, for your own podcast show, what is it that you would say are some of the most interesting and fascinating and useful things that you hear that you think might be useful for our listeners? Yeah, I'd say the first thing that really pops up for me is the fact that I've interviewed 20 or so different coaches or trainers or practitioners and who all work from the, from the same methodology or, or, or same modality as you and I. And what I really noticed was the applicability of this work or this understanding across such a wide range of um, issues or challenges or problems um, and, and also around creation. So, you know, I've, I've interviewed someone with, with regards to how to deal with difficult people. Um, and then I've interviewed yourself, uh, around leadership. And then I've interviewed someone else around stress. I've interviewed someone else around women in leadership and women in business. And the thing that they all had in common and, and how they work was this understanding of the mind. And you'd think, at the beginning that that might be too 
uh, too broad, you, you know, how is it that all these different coaches and trainers are working in so many varied areas? And one of my interviewees, um, a gentleman called Dr. George Pransky, described it as the, the hidden variable in business um, or, or the, the last, I can't remember what words he actually used, but it was kind of like the last variable, the undiscovered variable. We've discovered all these other variables in kind of leadership and business um, and, and people are very aware of them. All sorts of things from soft skills to hard skills. We, we, we're kind of the thousands upon thousands of books released, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of books on Amazon about various areas. But there's very few on this one, one variable. And it just so happens that the, this variable seems to make a really big difference. And, and you and I were talking about this before we recorded this show, how this, this understanding is not really marketed very well if we're very honest. Mm -hmm. um, it's not very well known. If you go into um, the business section of, of, of any bookshops, any bookshops that are left now, <laughs> um, you know, the, the vast majority of books aren't talking about the principles behind our quality of mind. But the results that not, not only you and I get, but, but the people that we interview, you know, who combined have got, you know, decades of experience in, in businesses, the results are just remarkable. And that's what really drew me in. So when I f did my very first training, I, I just thought this sounds too good to be true. But then I started to apply what I was learning, not only in my, my fledgling coaching practice, but, but also in the corporate job, because I did both for, for a little while. And I just started finding I was more productive. I had you know, uh, I was less stressed. Um, I was not procrastinating as much. I was happier. You, you know, you started having all these effects that I just couldn't ignore. I, you know, that either is a huge coincidence um, or all this stuff started changing. And so I, I noticed the same with my clients and with other people who do this work that really the, the reason why um, you and I are talking and now there are podcasts being created and there are more books being written um, on, on this topic, it is down to uh, the results as opposed to some kind of really effective marketing or some celebrity endorsement or being the latest fad. This is, you know, I've been, I've said I've been coaching for seven years, but I'm probably quite new in comparison to some of the people I've been speaking to and you've probably been speaking to who've been coaching for decades and the ones that were doing something else beforehand, like you say, have, have said this is far more effective than anything else they've done. Um, and, and they've never gone back, you know, to, to, to anything else simply because of the results that they get. I think that's so true. I mean, well, for me, I mean, I've been coaching 19 years and about nine of those from this understanding. So I had to give up 10 years of what I was doing, which is hard. And, and you'd only do that if the benefit was there. And it was to me, it was, it was, a, it was, it took a little while, but it became a no brainer because of the scope, the pervasiveness and the transformational nature of the benefit. So you, you wouldn't give up what you were doing unless that was the case. So I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, 
it's also very interesting what you say there about this understanding not being very well marketed. Uh, and, and I think that there's a, there's a reason for that, but I'd love to get your view. And, and it's because it's quite hard to explain, right? You can explain the, the nature of the benefit, you know, as you have done and how wide that footprint is, but from, from resilience to leadership, to agile change, to relationships, to innovation, to creativity, to confidence, you can explain the nature of the benefit. But when people go, well, what is it that you're doing differently to help that? It's quite hard to explain it because it's one of those things you have to kind of see, and I mean see in the broader sense of the word, um, rather than just sort of understand. So I, I, I don't know whether that makes it harder to market. It, it, it looks like to me that makes it harder to market because you can't just say in one or two sentences why it's so different. Um, so I, I, I guess I'd be curious to know what you think, Ankush, on, on um, what makes this hard to market and, and, and you know, does, it, does it look like to you it's hard to explain what it, why it's different? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you, I, and probably all of our colleagues think about the best way to talk about this it's it's probably something on our mind because that's that's our business and what we do um and you know i've been thinking about that a lot and one thing i find because i don't want to make it esoteric or mysterious because it's it, it's not and it's about finding the right words and the the words i use at the moment and these may change are it, it, for me it's about finding misunderstandings and the way I talk about it, it, it's like if if business is is an equation, you know. And uh, I don't know why I'm using a math analogy. It wasn't my favourite subject at school, <laughs> but may, maybe this appeal to some of the engineers out there. But um, you, you know, if, if we've got this big long equation, to me, what we're doing is we're 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 pointing out one of the variables in that equation that people haven't taken an account for. So maybe you got X plus Y divided by Z square root of, you know, you've got all this big long equation and we're like, oh, that thing, that Z there that you think is a one is not a one, it's a three. It's it's kind of like that. It, that one small change completely changes the end result. And and that's what we're we're trying to get across to people that, and, and I do that through a lot of stories because I find that people can relate to that. I, I relate to stories quite well. Um, and, and I think that kind of helps to, to bring it to life, that this isn't some kind of mysterious thing that you need to, oh, suddenly get, you have a moment to get it. But this is, this is very logical. It's just that there's a variable that people haven't taken into account. So, you know, one of the stories that seem, I, I wrote a book um, this year and in the book, one of the stories I write about is, is, is dealing with a difficult boss. And that seems to have resonate with a lot of people in corporate. And w- what I wrote about was that to me, it looked like at the time that my boss, his behavior was, was causing me to feel upset. Uh, demotivated and and if I talk to other people in my office they would agree with me they would say well that's not very good uh, it's not got a very good management style um, he, he wasn't doing a lot of things that maybe a textbooks or, or, or business books will would, would suggest managers do and so it looked like it was kind of 
well, you got what you got. You had a bad manager, he had a bad management style, and therefore the end result was you were going to feel upset about that. There was there was nothing you could really do about it. Um, and maybe some people could handle be- that better than others, but it kind of, that looked like pretty fixed. And what really helped me, because I was training at the time in understanding this um, this stuff, was, well, what if the manager doesn't have any impact on on how I felt? What if it looks like there's a correlation, but there's this variable that I've missed out. And the variable was, it was my own thinking about his behavior that caused me to feel upset. And it really didn't look like that. And I'm just very grateful I, I had a mentor who, who kind of stuck with me through that. Because when I took that into account, it changed everything. Right. If if it looked if he had the power to upset me, then I was going to be defensive. I was going to not look forward to work. I was always trying to challenge him back, and there was a lot of work involved. But actually, if he was going to do what he was going to do, and it had no ability to to affect my feelings, then it gave me a bit of a gap, and I didn't need to take anything he did personally. And in fact, when I had that insight. You know, I started to find his his behavior funny. Mm. I got to the stage where I was like, oh, I'm going to go and do some work. So one of the things that used to happen with my boss is he would tell me to do some work. I'd ask him for some guidance. He wouldn't give it to me, right? I'd go and do the work and he'd go, right, you've done it all wrong and he'd <laughs> want to change it. And to me, it would drive me crazy because I would think, just tell me how you want to do it. This will save time. Mm. But then what happened was I realized, hold on a second, this guy thinks this is good management. He thinks that by making me go off and do the task in hand, I'm going to think for myself. And by him correcting it, he feels that's his job as a manager. Now, it might not make sense to me. It might, I might think, well, I'll just learn it quicker if you just tell me how to do it and I'll just do it. Um, and it's more efficient. But that's just the way he thinks. And try and change someone's thinking. It's not, we all know that it's nigh on impossible. So I stopped taking it so personally. It actually made my life a lot easier at work because I would do the piece of work knowing he's going to really give it a, you know, a good run through. And so I, I didn't spend so much time stressing out about getting a piece of work product absolutely right for this guy because he was going to change it anyway. And, mm. and so I was just able to get on with it. You know? And in, in fact, when he wasn't so challenging, you know, then it was kind of like a bonus. Mm. So, now, if I hadn't taken into account this variable about the mind, well, and, and I hadn't for, for many months, um, I was trying to employ all these other strategies about um, my boss's boss said, well, and, and uh, my boss's boss knew he, he could be difficult. And, and my boss's boss said to me, well, y- you need to tell him that when he does this, it makes you feel that right? Because mm. that's the way it looked like to him. And so I, well, I tried that. Well, guess how well that went, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Not very well at all. My boss thought I was just being overly sensitive. And the more that I pushed back on that, the more he pushed and, and we just got, got into loggerheads. Um, you know, an, an, another colleague of mine who was kind of at the same level as my boss said, well, why don't you try this other strategy? And, and it was all about dealing with personalities and try and do this. And, and that helped a little bit, but not, not really. It was only when I took into account this variable, the variable that actually his behavior and my, my feelings, th- there was something in the middle of that, which was 
my own thinking. When I took that variable of my thinking into account, I was so much better able to deal with him, um, which just wouldn't have been possible if that variable wasn't taken into account. I, it's such an interesting example because I think what you're pointing to there is the invisible nature of that variable. So sometimes we can see it, can't we? You know, uh, let's say you, 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 two people watch a movie and one person doesn't like the movie and one person does, they would go, oh, that's just because I have thinking about those characters or those actors. You know, we would get it. But that, so we'd see the variable of the mind there. But then when it comes to a boss or Brexit or a traffic jam or, or a low bank balance or, or whatever it is, we, we can normalize out that variable and it becomes invisible. And instead, we attribute the feeling or the lack of resourcefulness to the thing. And I find it so fascinating, and I'm sure you do too, is to how invisible that variable looks to people. And, you know, because what we're saying is it's 100% the case that it's, it's, it's mind creating our experience you know um so it's never not a variable just sometimes it looks like it's a legitimate one and sometimes it doesn't um and the invisible and the innocent invisibleness of that variable um so i think that's that's something we're pointing to isn't it and i, I don't know if you've got any any thoughts on on how you help people see the invisible nature of that or, or your own experience of how invisible it is yeah, no, absolutely. And one thing I, I like to point people to is um, other people that they know, because it's often easier to see it in other people mm. um, than in ourselves. So, you know, if, again, you know, if you look at a work situation, we probably all know colleagues who get wound up by someone or get overly anxious about a presentation or a, or a piece of work or something that we think, God, they just don't need to take that so seriously. We can see it in other people. We can often see it in our partners or, or um, you know, or, or, or family members. So the first step for me is to help people see it in other people because you've got a little bit of space. You've got a little bit of a gap there. And once you start seeing it in other people, you can open up to seeing, well, that's the same that's going on with us. It's the same thing. And even within us, like you said, it's hidden because there are areas where we do see it and there's areas where we don't. So, you know, often I will, you know, maybe this applies more to, to men perhaps, but I'll often speak to men and say, have you ever been so angry you want to punch someone? And they'll say yes. And I'll say, I'm assuming most of the time that's happened, you've, you've walked away and they've gone, yeah. Um, and I've said, because there's part of you that knows, oh, I'm just not thinking clearly right now, right? I, I need to step away. Um, and so whilst they may not articulate it as the, there's thinking going on there, that's, that's having them kind of see red. We, we, in, we intuitively know that there's something going on. If we didn't, we'd all end up in jail or in mental hospitals if we believed every single thought that we had. So I start pointing out to people, one, that it's going on with other people and they can see that easier. And then two, the areas of our lives where we might intuitively have, have an inkling about this and then start to expand it out to say, well, what if in this one area where it doesn't look like it's a variable, I, like you talked about, whether it's, whether it's Brexit or a recession or, or a difficult person you're working with, 
um, or, or a goal that you're trying to hit and you're, you're going to struggle to hit? What if, what if it's a variable across all of it? And, and the really cool thing for me, I've been saying recently to clients is, um, this isn't about being okay with not achieving your goals or being okay with less than desirable circumstances. Um, you know, if, if that was the only thing that was on offer here, that would be okay. It would be helpful to, to be okay, you know, and, and, and be a little bit less stressed. But what's really powerful about what we're talking about is that it's kind of a double whammy. One, that when you are less stressed or less worried or whatever about, let's say, achieving a goal or dealing with a difficult person, well, you know, and, and again, people intuitively know this, the more your mind is then settled, the, the better able you are to kind of achieve the goal or deal with a difficult person. Mm. So if I'm working with a business owner that's really struggling um, and, I'm, and I point out this variable, they might go, well, I need to make money. And I say, absolutely, absolutely. We're not taking that away. We're not saying it's okay for you, for you to go broke. What we're saying is that when you recognize this variable and you, and you get you know, less what we call outside in about it, less stressed about it by seeing this variable, what it does is it allows you to naturally tap into your own creativity and your own intelligence and all the resources that, you, that you've got as a business person to more effectively handle this situation around, you know, your business becoming difficult or losing a customer or whatever, because we're all far more creative than we, than we give ourselves credit for. And anyone listening to this can do a little thought experiment and just think, right, when I'm stressed and anxious, do I tend to perform better in general than, than when I'm calm? And I think most people will see that, you know, it, it, it's the latter and, and I've often reflected and thought about leaders that I really admire and the leaders that I've really admired that I've worked for, you know, when I, when I had uh, a, a corporate job with the leaders that there was one guy in particular, I remember it used to look like, oh my God, you know, the crap's hit the fan, uh, you know, something's really gone awry and everybody would be panicking and, and he was a senior leader and he would, he would just be taking it in his stride. He wouldn't get caught out by it. Go, okay, look, this has happened, right? What's next? And and his presence, and, and he wasn't aware of what we're talking about. He he just intuitively understood something, but that calm presence enabled us to, oh yeah, okay, let's all settle down. Let's not get carried away. And we would always end up meeting or exceeding our goals with under his leadership. Um, and there was another you know manager that I, I used to work for. He was the same. Um, in fact, uh, I, I used to think he was a little bit stupid. You know, if I'm being very honest, I used to think, God, why are you not stressing out? Can't mm. you see what's going mm -hmm. on? And yet he would always land on his feet. And years later, I realized actually um, the, the great wisdom in that, you know, of, of, not, of not panicking um, and, and, uh, and, and, and being more, more kind of taking things in their stride. And so it's not about, okay, we need to be born that way or have those kind of personalities. What, what, I, what I hopefully am trying to get across is that understanding this variable enables us all to have more, more presence and, and more groundedness and be more calm in those situations, which leads to more effective decision-making, more effective leadership, better relationships. I mean, you, you name it, it has such a big impact. I think you're absolutely right. This is not about 
tolerating or accepting less good circumstances, right? This is not about a way to cope. This is so much more because as you were pointing to, that yes, we do feel a bit calmer and a bit more neutral about the thing. And we do have more resourcefulness in terms of what to do about it. But also the thing itself looks different. So what what used to be a big problem that we needed some resourcefulness to solve actually doesn't even look like such a big problem anymore because the world itself looks like it changes. So it's 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 not it's certainly not about um, putting your head in the sand or accepting or be, or being okay with bad performance. It doesn't you know it 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 shifts it at a more fundamental level than that. And I just wanted to go back to something that we we touched on at the beginning, which is the pervasive nature that the wide context of application for this, you know, in all our areas of work and life. And I, I suppose that the, the question people might be asking themselves is, well, how come, how can something that you guys are talking about, this variable or whatever, how can it be beneficial at one level to um, resilience and, and, and peace of mind and lesser stress and to creativity and to increasing energy for goals, and, and even, you know, and because we know people that work in prisons on this, right? Or in mental health. So how can this one thing do all of that? Well, what is it? What's the nature of this that allows it to be that wide, the benefit footprint be that wide? This is kind of the why if you like, or, or, or the foundation of all of those soft skills. Mm-hmm. To me, this is kind of the next iteration of the, the work that started kind of 40 years ago, looking in business about soft skills, but it's been really hard to grasp, you know, effectively, how can we develop soft skills with, with, with people? And to me, this underpins that and helps people then take more advantage of the harder stuff in business. So, of course, this is going to have an impact everywhere, just like physical health does across more than just your health. It impacts your relationships, it impacts you know, business um, and, and so many other things. So, this is something that is more than a skill. This is a fundamental understanding. So, again, the impact of it, it, it would be unusual. I'd put it the other way. It would be unusual if it didn't have an impact across so many different areas mm. when you really consider it. Well, and, and that's right. And that's because of the nature of it, right? So it, to, to me, when I came across this after 10 years of looking in the other direction, it explained why everything else worked and didn't work, right? So, um, and, and so it, it sits, in my mind, meta to all the other stuff we, we understand about the, the mind and psychology and soft skills. And it helps explain them because it's, it sits before that. So, and that's why it has such a wide benefit footprint because it is so what I call upstream or meta. It, 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 it gets to the nub of the very heart of what is creating human experience in any moment and what is pre our psychology. So it, and therefore it has a, cascading effect on any aspect of psychology, whether that happens to be, you know, at work or at home or as a boss or as a colleague or as a team player or whatever. So that, that's probably what's different about it is, is it sits above all that. Um, and 
in doing that, it can be a little bit ineffable, i.e. hard to explain. It can be a little intangible to start with in, in what it is, but the outcome is really tangible. I mean, you, you know, you've given some examples and I've given more on this, this podcast and other episodes. So I, I think it's just getting people to be okay with and give themselves permission to press pause and to look up more upstream than what they're normally, where they normally look. Because this is an you know, an unconventional conversation to have, not the one you and I are having, but when we get into explaining our clients what the principles are, it's unconventional. And it shouldn't be. It should be a conversation that's introduced at school, in my mind. I don't know what your view is, but it, it seems to be that we're, here we are in businesses having it. It should be happening much earlier on um, because it's foundational. Yeah, and I think that's starting to happen. So, there, like you, yeah. you mentioned, this this is work that's happening in business, but in in prisons, um, in schools, um, you, you know, you name it. Now, there there seems to be more and more people um, taking this understanding into just a whole variety of situations, simply because, exactly as we talked about, it has that that effect, and the results are just so outstanding. You know. So if, I'm just thinking, if you were listening going, yes, okay, okay, you know, obviously it's great, you, you guys are sold, <laughs> you've drunk the Kool-Aid, well, you know, well, what, what, what would you suggest someone is curious? I mean, where, where would you take it from there? Well, what would you suggest to people listening who are like, okay, well, what's next for me? Well, so, so I, I would say to people, you know, the, the best thing to do is to have a conversation with someone because I think what's really helpful is to relate it to something that's going on live with you, that that seems to bring it to life. We've we've talked fairly generally. Uh, I've brought in some examples, but really, if someone's struggling with X, like a difficult person or a, a goal they're trying to achieve or a transformation they want to make in their business or, or in their team, well, having a conversation with with you or I um, about that, uh, if you're open to it, I know I'm very happy course, to talk yeah. to people about it. Um, I think that will bring it to life and I'm, I'm very happy to do that. Um, after that, I think that's the number one thing to do. After that, there are some, I think, some, some great resources out there. Your podcast is one. Um, I've, I've got a podcast on, on business um, and, and there's some great books out there which I think are really um, effective for business people. Um, you know, Invisible Power by, by Ken Manning and Robin Charbit is, is a great book for for. Uh, for clients of mine who, who work in corporates. Um, and uh, I've even given my book, which, which is not really aimed at corporates, but, uh, but a lot of corporate people seem to, seem to enjoy it, which, which surprised me, to be honest. But, but, it, <laughs> but, it, uh, but that's one um, that, that, that's out there. Um, Sweet Sharing by Uncas Jane, available from Amazon. That's my little plug. Um, and, and then there's another book called Instant Motivation by Chantal Burns, which I, which I also find is a really good book. So there are resources out there from, from free, which is listening to stuff like this, through to, to, to um, reading a book or, or having a conversation. So I would just encourage people to um, explore their curiosity um, and then see if it makes sense for them. And I'll put all these details in the show notes for people, but um, I think you're absolutely right. I think, I think for me, it's about getting curious, allowing yourself to be curious, taking it from what sounds like a bit, what is it a bit vague, to something tangible for you so you can have an experience of how it shows up in your life, which is what you'll get from a conversation with someone who kind of can point you. Uh, and then to stay curious about, so how come? 
well, what is that? Well, what, what, what happened for me in that? And I think it's just, you know, it seems to me that in our busy lives, we've got a lot going on. And because this understanding, if you look at it or listen to it, doesn't always give you an immediate payback. Um, I mean, it, it can do actually. People then get a bit, oh, what is it? I don't really know. And it, it, it gets into the, oh, I'll do that when I've got time box. And actually what you and I are suggesting is just be a bit more curious than you normally would be. Um, have an explore because quite quickly it can get into that, oh, I see the tangible benefit. Um, if you just press pause long enough to have a look. So I, I think that's the, the challenge of getting something that looks a bit, what is it, into practical, oh, that makes a difference. And then you'll start to join, join the dots and see how it turns, is turning up in other areas. Uh, and that's a lovely process that clients go through when they start to see, oh yeah, the same thing, the same variable. There it is. It was hidden, now it isn't. It was hidden, now it isn't. So um, we're probably getting towards the end of time. Time flies when we're doing these, it feels to me. Um, any sort of um, last things you'd like to say, uh, Ankush? No, just thank, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I think you're creating a wonderful resource here for people. I hope it sparks people's curiosity. I think that's that's the only thing we can we can really do. Um, and um, yeah, if you know if anyone's got any questions, feel feel free to to reach out to to yourself or to me. I think we're um, we're both very passionate about about the impact of the work that we do um, and and uh, the impact on on people. Well, a, a massive thank you from me to you for giving up your time to, to do this. And I know you, you're very generous with your podcast and things. So, so thank you for coming on. Put, I put everything in the show notes for people that want to find out more and stay curious. So till next time, see you later and have fun. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please reach out and leave us a review and a comment. If you want more info, check out makingchangework.co.uk or Piers Thurston on LinkedIn.